Welcome in, everybody. Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 71. I don't have anything fun to say about 71, but I am joined. I'm Jim, and I am joined as always by Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Awesome. Seven plus one is eight, and we are great. <laughs> Two Spot Monkeys t shirts coming soon to whatamaneuver.net uh, with that statement on them. Um, not PWTs because. Uh, we don't have no, enough followers to get on pro wrestling. No, no one would buy that shirt anyway. <laughs> right. Seven was one. Yes. Get the episode 71 memorial t-shirt. Whatamaneuver.net <laughs> <laughs> or any of those. Uh, we don't have t-shirts. Maybe someday we'll worry about that. But, you know. But we're, but we're wearing t-shirts for those one of us. To buy one, so. yeah, and for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, live or on demand, we are wearing shirts. So you're welcome. We are, and uh, that has been true every episode, all 71 episodes, uh, have, that has been true, to my knowledge. Um, However, two spot monkeys after dark, watch out, baby. Look out, that'll that'll be on uh, a different video service than YouTube, but uh, we'll, we'll let you decide where that's going to be. Uh, we're not going to promote those streaming services. All right, this has already gone off the rails, we're a minute and a half in. Uh, Tom, we have this little thing we do on this show, we call it Head to Head. I hope other people like it. You and I enjoy it, though. And uh, we pick uh, WWE pay-per-views, AEW pay-per-views, Ring of Honor pay-per-views, and occasionally other shows as we see fit. Um, we added in Wrestle Kingdom last year. We've talked about probably not doing that this year because we're both so far behind and just, and I got to admit, um, and this is an aside, here goes first rabbit hole. I've seen the cards for the first two nights for Wrestle Kingdom, and I know they announced the New Japan Noah card uh, this morning, I believe which that card's not going to mean a whole lot to me. I'm interested in seeing it, but I'm not familiar with the Noah talents. So it's not going to blow my world away by, oh, this guy versus that guy. I don't know. Like, I need to read other people who know that stuff, like Annette and Mark and and friends of ours who know those things better to know what matches I should be excited about. Um, but the Wrestle Kingdom lineups, have you seen the first two night Wrestle Kingdom lineups? I did, yes. I mean, there's a couple of matches each night that I'm like, oh, those will be good. But it just, it just didn't feel like Wrestle Kingdom to me. So... I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I'll probably try to watch them, but I don't, it, it's not going to be, I mean, I got to work those days. I don't work from home anymore. I'll try to watch them, but yeah, it's probably not going to be appointment viewing for me. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like I think back to like 2016, 2017, you know, and like, I don't want to say I peaked, you know, with my desire to be engaged with new Japan as a product or as a promotion or with the talent, uh, especially because I love Shingo, Shingo Takagi without a doubt. Right. Like, like so, like it's it's surprising to me that because like I would consider him one of the probably top five in the world, that I'm not drawn more to watching and making it destination viewing. I, but I'm just not. So again, maybe if I was ten years younger and in a different spot in life, I would or I could, um, or ten years older or retired or I don't I don't know who knows. Watch out when we're when we're both retired and we're two spot retired monkeys. You know, right. and we have all the time in the world to watch daily podcast. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, and I think part of it is like, especially on night one, and I'd have to look back over the cards. I'm sure it's on night two, but they've got a couple of those six man tags that are just they feel very road to, um, like where Wrestle Kingdom me used to be. Every match was either a title match or a major grudge or a something. And not that there aren't stories behind those six person six men matches, um, but I don't know. They just feel very road to when I saw them announced. Maybe I maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but 
I don't know. Yeah, New Japan for what what I at one time was trying to catch everything I could. Man, I haven't watched a New Japan show in quite a while. And um, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom, I'm at least going to try to see. Like, don't get me wrong, Shingo Okada, that's going to be crazy good. Whoever wins that match, and that would be a pick 'em for me. Um, Osprey the next against Osprey the next night, crazy. That'll be great too. Um, I am very interested to see. I'm first of all, I'm interested to see who Katsuyori Shibata faces in his first match, and I'm interested to see that match. I'm it's going to be kind of like watching Shawn Michaels when he came back to wrestle Triple H, um, after the, the couple of years that he was off with a back injury, like or even Kurt Angle after his neck injuries and that, like every bump he takes, I think we're all going to be cringing because we're worried about the guy as a human being. And yet we also, hopefully it's true that he's not not doing this if it wasn't safe, but so I'm interested to see definitely Shibata's match. Um, you know, I think Kenta Tanahashi will be good, no DQ, but I don't know. There's some stuff in there that I think will be fun, but all in all, Sometimes spreading it out over two nights, which I'm kind of considering that Wrestle Kingdom and then the New Japan Noah thing. I know they're calling it Wrestle Kingdom Night 3, but it, that's kind of its own animal. Um, sometimes spreading over two nights, as WrestleMania has shown as well, doesn't necessarily mean you get two super cards. So, yeah. Yep. But yeah, cool. it, it, Wrestle Kingdom is going to be two back to back nights of six hour shows, probably. So, <laughs> right, right. Well, we were talking head to head, which Twitter, and, Twitter, Twitter. and I, I tried to send us off in a different direction, didn't I? <laughs> oh, Tom. All right. Well, well the thing so is, we do well. I want, and I wanted to talk just to the history of head to head. So, like, obviously, okay. this is episode seventy-one. We, we 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 launched this podcast as as a reignition of you know, a blog that started years ago and then became dormant after I think we had a good two two and a half year run. And so, a lot of fun. And there were podcast fun. episodes within that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, be way in, in the much antiquated days of what the podcast yeah, was. Talk at the time. shoe. Remember, yeah. we used talk shoe on the phone. It was great. I, I do. Yeah. Um, so we had had it had in 2020. Uh, that's the second time that in the last 24 hours I've, I've referenced the year 2000 as if it was just last year. It's 2020. Um, so we did it in 2020, uh, I think roughly June, June to December, and, and which was so seven months. Um, or maybe it was July to December. I'm not recalling. Um, I edged you out in that competition uh, by five picks. Um, and then we set kind of a precedent as long as we are going to do this, which we have no expiration date as of today, even though Jim tried to hint at it earlier this week because I drafted Keith Lee in our draft uh, for 2022. Um we do six months, six month increments. So we do January to June, and then we do July to December. Uh, and as you articulately stated, you know th there are a number of promotions and 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 shows that we pick. Um, I edged you out again in, in the first half of this calendar year uh, by four picks. So you gained one on me, but I still came out in the end. And then, as you all know, if you tuned in last week, um, it was down to the wire for final battle. Uh, we entered final battle last week um, with identical records, um, and I and I was able to edge us into that spot or myself into that spot by coming up one match uh, greater in picks at War Games. Um, so yeah, so it brought us to final battle, and uh, by by the time we were done previewing and picking, we had to go to a tiebreaker uh, as the thing that um, 
that was the that was the determining factor this year. So in the first time in the history of our three consecutive um, uh, vo- uh, foyer foyers foyers into this uh, uh, voyage, what I don't know what what I'm looking for today. My the first I, time in eighteen months. Yeah, yep. The first the first time. <laughs> um, so we so we technically all of all of that word uh, misusage by me aside. We uh, we ended the second half of 2021 tied with the records will show 69 and 24 for both you and I. However, I win the competition by virtue of the main event tiebreaker. I was at oh, okay. I see what you did. Yep, I had us at 71 and 24, but we just threw out the two matches. That's right. I gave us wins for those because that's how we did it in fantasy wrestling league. That's okay. Either way, yes. Um, so yes, we came down to the tiebreaker. Um, and should I, I, I'll tell the story. Um, so when we were on this podcast last week, we made our tiebreaker picks, which was the main event, uh, the bell to bell time of the main event, which we didn't, which we didn't know what it was at that time. It came out later that day after we recorded. Right. And it was one of the things that I had thrown out as an option. It was Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. Uh, it ended up being for the Ring of Honor world title. There was a lot of confusion about whether it was or wasn't. And then it was for the original Ring of Honor world title. And so at first I thought, well, that's not the actual title. It's a, you know, placeholder or just a, a name. Um, but then if you look at Ring of Honor's website, and, and I, I got to believe they're going to be the authority on this. Um, Jonathan Gresham is listed as the Ring of Honor world champion. There is no mention of Bandito as the Ring of Honor world champion. And I love that belt. I, I, I've always, oh, yeah. that, that has always been my favorite belt. And I know people um, will, you know, talk about the, the, how it was created as kind of an homage to the UWF title from, from, I think it was Mid-South, Bill Watts era. Yep. Um, I just, again, I fell in love with Ring of Honor in 2002. I was at the first show. I, you know, between 2002 and 2007, I think I went to 60 shows, maybe 50 some insane number. Um, the fact that I, that my marriage survived that, uh, that my finances survived that, um, are not, uh, uh, hyperbole. <laughs> That's very much true. I have a very, uh, young and forgiving wife. Um, and, and we were young in, in our youth uh, being a young married couple as well. So, uh, certainly couldn't do that today uh, as, as, you know, as a, as a grown man, as a more mature man with uh, more responsibilities, but the opportunity was there. So uh, that's the title I fell in love with. Uh, so the fact that that's the last title, perhaps that will ever be held by what was, is the ring of honor world champion holds a special place in my heart. I, I hated it when they transitioned away from that belt uh, as the iterations of ring of honor changed over the years. So yeah, sorry. Again, you're going to probably get a lot of, um, spiraling today from two spot monkeys live and, and we're on topic but we're also not on topic uh, no and and i'm with you that was the belt um you know i i followed ring of honor from day one uh the first show i went to was reborn stage two in chicago ridge which was a couple of years in that was right after the whole tna pulling everybody because of the rob feinstein fiasco and i apologize for even giving him a moment of uh name recognition on our podcast that'll be the last time i make that mistake um you know, so that was my first live show. And then, I, you know, you went to 60 shows in those first few years. I probably have been to between 50 and 60 was my, I was trying to count them up. And then I just got busy doing other things. And because um, I did find a website that had every show listed. But I'll be honest, there are some that I'm like, I think I went to that show in Chicago. Um, 
like I know I went to everything in Chicago until the Chicago Spectacular Night One. I know that was the first Chicago show I missed, and I can't remember what it was. It was a work related. Um, there was a whole crew of us there too, which is so crazy. Did you come to night two though? I did come to night two. Okay, so we had to have connected then. But yeah, there yeah. was a whole crew of us on that Friday. I remember we stayed in a really dumpy uh, hotel, not even a hotel, it was like a motel. I don't know where it was, in some suburb. And it, like we wanted a late night food and there was really no options. It was like very a very sad moment in my stomach's life. <laughs> and my memory is that my brother went to night one. And I think he didn't come to night two. Like, I think there was some reason he couldn't make night two, which is rare because that might have been one, might have been the only show or maybe one of two that he ever went to without me. Um, I went to a number of shows without Ted, but um, we we did a lot of shows together, as I've talked about before on this uh, podcast, including last week. Um, but my, I'm, at least my memory is he went to Chicago Spectacular Night One. I went to Night Two. Um, and then I didn't miss again for a while, but I know there were some shows along the way I missed. You and I both missed one on September uh, 15th, 2012, Kevin Seen versus Rhino. I remember being the main event, uh, I believe it was a death before dishonor, um, because I got married that day and you were standing alongside me at the wedding. Uh, and somehow we weren't able to escape the reception to go to Ring of Honor in Chicago. So that was a little bit of a bummer. But uh, I got married, so I guess it was you know a pretty good day. Um, you still won so, in the end, yes, I agree. I did, right? It was it was getting married was much better than Kevin Steen and Rhino, even as much as I love Kevin Steen, and I've always been a little bit of a Rhino fan as well. Um, anyways, uh, so, so in yeah, I've gone head, to like fifty shows overall. Yeah, yeah, and and so in head to head, like we have part part of our wager is. You know, we, we put something on the line and that's something um, going back to 2020 was an action figure. I got an awesome Kyle O'Reilly elite action figure out of that. So that was cool. Um, when I won earlier this year, I, I, I wasn't nothing was scratching my itch at the time. So I held on to that. It worked out in my favor because I lost to you in our in our fantasy football uh, head-to-head wager where we kind of say, all right, we're going to play X number of times across the number of leagues we're in. Whoever comes out with the most wins. We'll, we'll follow the same precedent of t-shirt action figure, what have you. Um, and you won. So we kind of just said, let's call it a wash. Um, and that worked out well. But now, since I've won here, I, I'm definitely not going to sit on my laurels. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm de- gonna to definitely cash in. I teased you earlier in the week uh, before uh, we talked about what our topics for today were. And I said three things. I said three things came to mind when I thought about the, the paying off of this of this, uh, of this wager. And it was, uh, uh, Bronson Reed. It was AEW and it was the octopus. And so in reverse order, I'll go, um, I wanted, uh, really to honor Jonathan Gresham's win. Uh, the fact that he, by virtue of being in the main event and coming in way under, uh, the tiebreaker, uh, points, um, and helping me secure this victory, I wanted some Jonathan Gresham merch. Um, there's only, I think, four shirts available on Pro Wrestling Tees. They're all black shirts. Not the biggest fan of black shirts, um, which will be an ironic when I get to my next comment. Um, so I reached out I reached out to him on Twitter and just complimented him on, on what I thought was a really good match on Saturday. And we'll talk more about Final Battle here in the next few moments. Um, and asked if he had other merch. Like, did he have his own merch store? And he said he doesn't at this time. He goes, thanks for the support. Stay tuned. So sorry, Jonathan Gresham. I know you're not going to probably ever hear this, um, but I want your merch and I want more than just black t-shirts. So um, the fact that any wrestler isn't maximizing their merch potential in this day and age when income 
uh, and from any stream would be viable um, surprises me. So anyway, PSA for all aspiring independent contractor pro wrestlers that are not uh, have no merch deals. Uh, get yourself some merch. Um, so the second thing was AEW. Um, I, I wanted an AEW t-shirt for the longest time. Um, that is the only black t-shirt uh, available. I mean, there are some variants of that, but I kind of want the black and gold. Um, so perhaps the AEW t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees will be where I cash in. And then the third thing being Bronson Reed, that elite action figure just came out. I know you just got it. You shared it with me before we hit record. That's cool. Um, I'm actually running out of space for figures at my house currently. And if I add one more, I think my wife might kill me. I got three Funko Pops for my birthday this week. And the fact that I got three um, was three winces that my wife gave in my direction. So uh, running out of space. So anyway, uh, I won't make that decision here today. I'm going to think about it. But I was on Pro Wrestling Tees this morning looking at the AEW t-shirt selection. And um, yeah, we'll see. So, so preview or reason for anyone who's listening to come back. Uh, there will be a, an eventual decision made on that and communicated here and then and then shown or worn uh, down the line. Absolutely. And, and if anything else catches your fancy, you know, obviously that can something else could sneak in here, too, as a surprise. Um, a lot of great figures have been shown. I mean, I did see uh, Walmart the other day that uh, basic Shawn Michaels where he's bald from the crown jewel. Uh, match so i mean if you want that i'm you know i'd probably get that on clearance for like two bucks right now because that's a terrible figure my brother found that in the wild and he goes why did they do this to him <laughs> right i will say to flip on that uh again rabbit hole um i saw the edge basic where it's a painted green t-shirt and it almost looked like he wasn't wearing one it actually looks better live than it did online i will say like it, it still doesn't look great but it wasn't as the Shawn michaels is terrible um like Nobody needed that. Um, the edge is not great, but for a basic, it's okay. Um, it, it The green is a little darker. It doesn't quite look like just baby puke flesh um, on him. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's an option. Shawn Michaels, think about it. Um, so, yes. Uh, and the funny part of the head-to-head, -head, uh, I shared this with Tom uh, maybe the day or two after, uh, a couple of days after. Uh, and then also this morning we talked about a little bit before we clicked uh, record is um, for whatever reason, as I was watching Final Battle, I had in my head because I didn't have my notes with me upstairs that I picked. I knew I had picked 25 minutes and some seconds. I couldn't quite remember the exact seconds uh, as the time for the main event. And in my head, Tom had picked 27 minutes. I, I think it might have been because my time was 2517. Maybe that was the seven that was was kind of in my memory bank. Uh, but Tom had actually picked 22 minutes and 36 seconds, which is why he won, because the match itself was actually 14 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that, 16 maybe at most. Um, I think it was like 16.30, something in okay. the ballpark, yeah. And so it, at I'm, I'm in the central time zone, as I think many of you know. Uh, at 9.40, when they were coming to the ring for the main event, I knew the show was on on regular pay-per-view as well, so I knew they had to be off the air by 10, or usually it's you know a couple of minutes before that. So I knew it wasn't, you know, like a WWE Network show or um, or, or other shows like that, or, or if it was an Honor Club exclusive where they would have whatever time they wanted because they were doing their own streaming. So I knew they had to be off the air by 10. And so I thought, oh, 20 minutes left. I'm golden. Um, which the funny part is 
Tom was having that exact same thought at the exact same time, although be it a day or two later because he saw the show on tape delay or on, uh, yeah, I guess tape delay for lack of a better word. Um, and I thought, I'm golden. I got this. I'm winning. So I was starting to think, oh, I want that Ricky Steamboat figure that's coming up. I want that goon figure. I want, you know, what do I what do I have him order me? Um, and then the next day I have a work obligation uh, down here in the same room where I record the podcast uh, that I need to be on Zoom for on Sundays to help with. And the note sitting here on a, on a sticky note right next to me. And I looked down at it and went, son of a. He picked 22, not 27. I lost. So I had about 10 hours where I thought I had won the competition um, and then learned that, no, sadly, I had lost. Um, and I couldn't message Tom right away because I knew he hadn't seen Final Battle yet. So I didn't want to spoil anything about the show for him, uh, including that that I had screwed this up and and thought I won and, and hadn't. So I had to wait until uh, he let me know that he'd seen the show to share that. So anyways, let that be a lesson that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but, uh, Hey, it happens. I, mean, I love you, brother, but I think, uh, three straight times of me winning also proves that you don't know what you're doing. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in the last episode ever of two spot monkeys. It's been fun. Have a great day. All, <laughs> all of that being said, no, it's all in jest. And yeah, we love this competition. It's part of what extends our friendship beyond just con connecting generally weekly for this. You know, our, our roots run much deeper than this, but it's also fun to, to razz each other and, and to have fun with this. So we're coming right back. Uh, we're not going anywhere, despite what Jim just told you. Um, we are, we're running this into uh, at least the first six months of 2022. Um, you know, world willing, Lord willing. Um, and day one will be the first picks we make for, for the upcoming calendar year. Absolutely. And, and just looking ahead, uh, as of right now, we have day one, there's the Royal Rumble, and then it's AEW Revolution in March would be the next uh, show that we would pick. And then two nights of WrestleMania, uh, there could be a takeover in there uh, or a, a NXT pay-per-view, whatever you want to say. Um, I would see something or other. <laughs> right, right. Um, if Ring of Honor does come back in April with Supercard of Honor, I assume we will probably pick that unless they do a uh, a surprise you know, for who's going to be their show or something like that. But I think that would be a really dumb idea in their case. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what shows and, and what shows pop up that we go, hey, let's pick that one. Um, maybe there'll be a GCW show. Uh, we're, we're scoring that in our fantasy wrestling league and not that this podcast and that league have anything really to do with each other, except we talk about it a lot on here. Um, but because we'll be paying a little more attention probably to GCW this year, I think it's very possible, A, that we may talk about them a little more on this show uh, and B, that we may... Uh, Maybe we'll pick one of their shows one time to uh, maybe the, I don't know, maybe the Hammerstein. Uh, that's the end of January. We'll see. We'll see the card they announced. That's a big one coming for them. I don't know. We'll, we always reserve the right to throw a show in if we, or throw a show out too, if we don't. Um, if it's just not, doesn't make any sense or if WWE doesn't bother to announce anything, you know, until a day before, like they've done before. So uh, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what we end up picking. I think we'll definitely want to try to find something in that February uh, time frame if we can, but if not, if there's nothing that makes sense, that'll be fine too. So day one will be the first picks. Uh, just a schedule note. We'll talk about this probably at the end too. We're going to take next week off for Christmas and then, uh, we will hopefully the plan is sometime on December 30th to record, uh, for day one. That's the current plan subject to change. 
obviously with the holidays, uh, Tom's kids being home, that sort of thing. I'm traveling some, um, you know, we gotta, we gotta make schedules align, but we're, we're tentatively looking at the 30th and hoping that'll work uh, to make those day one picks and, and talk about some other fun stuff as we wrap up the year too. So, but let's talk about before we get to that. So Tom, congratulations on your third straight head to head win. At least I'm better than you in fantasy football. That's all Thanks. I can say. Thanks, brother. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not, yeah not, absolutely. And you, and you sure are. You've had a heck of a, a run um, in fantasy football this year. So you've I, actually you've actually driven me from fantasy football. So let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> well, not totally. I mean, we did. We have agreed there are still some leagues we're playing in against each other. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So head to head picks. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I try to apply not enough logic or too much logic, or I don't know, something, something's got to give, but at least this, this year I tied you. So well, this season we pulled even. A, logic is a good segue to talk about ring of honors results. And, 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 and I'm just going to run down the card and I'm going to run down the order and the outcome. And then I think we can just have a free for all conversation on, on what, what we saw, what we felt and what we think maybe going forward. So Ring of Honor, uh, final battle, end of an era, December 11th, 2021 from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, hour one, which was free, saw the Righteous uh, win the Ring of Honor six-man titles uh, from Shane Taylor Promotions, which were uh, Soldiers of Savagery and O'Shea Edwards in place of Shane Taylor. Uh, Bandito then was officially stripped of the Ring of Honor world title uh, by way of them announcing that the Ring of Honor World Title would be decided in the match that was announced on Friday, the 10th, between Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal being loaned, for lack of a better term, by AEW um, in this spot. Um, Angelina Love, Mandy Leone, and Miranda Alize defeated Chelsea Green, Allison Kay, and Marty Bell. So um, that was the first pick and the only pick that we got wrong uh, on, on our pickums. Uh, we did not have. Uh, of the allure and Miranda winning. Uh, then the 10 man, 10 person tag happened. Uh, okay, we talked about that. And again, it's one of those things where you probably shouldn't have expectations because you're bound to be let down. Uh, Beer City Bruiser, Brian Malonis, Flip Gordon, PJ Black, and Cheeseburger uh, defeated Max the Impaler, Will Ferrara, Demonic Flamita, LSG, and Sledge. Uh, and that wrapped out uh, the free hour one. Pay-per-view started with Dragon Lee defeating Ray Oris. Uh, Rhett Titus won the world TV title uh, over Dalton Castle, Joe Hendry, and Silas Young, pinning Silas Young, so the champion was not pinned. I always have a problem with that. We'll talk probably a little bit more about that in this, or not. Uh, pure match next, uh, Josh Woods defeated Brian Johnson to retain. Fight without honor, Shane Taylor and Kenny King had a great battle. Very scary moment with a uh, package pile driver on the ladder where the Ring of Honor ring crew guys didn't do them any favors uh, by trying to stabilize the ladder. Uh, but Shane Taylor got the win in the end there. Uh, and there was a great opportunity after that match where they had all of the African-American wrestlers uh, you know, in the ring. And they, they did a kind of a salute to honor you know, the progress that, that they've made collectively, but also individually. And, and it didn't air on the pay-per-view, which is unfortunate because they had a um, – they interspersed throughout the night uh, – former talents uh, video clips. And th that was missed because they aired CM Punk's uh, nice comments. Um, Roxy defeated Willow to retain the Ring of Honor women's world title. Uh, earlier in the night, they had actually changed the violence versus pure match from a six-man 
to an eight-man by adding Rocky Romero to the violence team and EC3 to the pure team. Uh, and Trust me, they had to head. <laughs> um, Brody King, Tony Depp in Homicide, and Rocky Romero defeated EC3, Eli Isom, Tracy Williams, and Taylor Rust. Um, Brody King pinned Eli Isom in that match. Very interesting, in my opinion. Uh, semi-main was the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Do we want to talk about the post-show, the post-match angle there, or do we want to save that? Oh, I think we'll get there. We'll get there. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Ring, of, Ring of Honor Tag Titles, the Briscoes defeated the OGK. Ring of Honor, uh, or the Briscoes become uh, 12-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, and then we'll definitely talk about what happened after that match. Yes, uh, yes and, and then uh, in the main event, uh, Jonathan Gresham, defeated Jay Lethal to win the vacant Ring of Honor world title and close Ring of Honor, uh, at least this chapter, uh, or what the Ring of Honor we've known for almost 20 years, um, uh, holding that original world title high as the pay-per-view and off the air. Uh, and a lot a lot happened in, the, in between, but those were the results straight away. So maybe, Jim, what were your first... Um, uh, what, were, what were your big? What were your big? The big things that, as you watched on Saturday night, really like just landed with you, or or didn't land with you? I thought it was a good show overall. The work was good as we expected. Uh, I think all the talents, you know, clearly wanted to go out with a bang, so to speak. Um, and I and I think they accomplished that in most cases. Um, there was a lot of conversation of last last ring of honor six man tag team champions last ring of honor tag team champion last which is interesting because some of those titles are being defended now in other shows uh jonathan gresham this evening will be defending the ring of honor world title against aj gray at gcw um roxy is defending her ring of honor women's championship somewhere i remember seeing um she's also working an mlw show they have not said that's a ring of honor world title women's world title match um yet against miranda gordy um and there was an angle after that match, which we'll talk about, I think, in more depth here in a minute, uh, that, that will involve the title apparently as well. So I thought it was interesting they kept saying last, and yet then they kept also having these things that made it seem like those titles are going to perhaps continue. Uh, so there was a little bit of a disconnect for me there. Uh, I thought Riccoboni and Caprice were on fire all night. Um, at the end of hour one, when Ian Riccoboni is doing like the preacher gimmick, which is funny when Caprice is sitting next to him and, you know, I need you to reach out and touch somebody and touch my hand. And, you know, I, he was fired up. There was no question. And I know I I've listened to some interviews with Ian before. I think Ian seems like a really stand up, nice, um, generous guy. Um, and I, and you can tell how much ring of honor means to, to Ian Riccoboni. Um, so I, I have no doubt that was completely genuine, um, but I thought they were on fire. I thought the rotating commentator thing was fine. Um, it, it is what it is. AEW's, you know, done it. Ring of Honor's done it. WWE's done it. I, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It just is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I without going into the specifics yet, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was as fitting as could be. You know, of course, would I have loved to see Brian Danielson be the one from AEW that came in? Sure. But like we talked about, he had the big match coming up with Paige on – Wednesday, you're not going to risk him um, for that. So I did think it was really neat, though, too. And maybe this is getting specific. I liked the the comments from former Ring of Honor talents. Uh, wish we could have had some WWE ones in there. Obviously, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, wish we could have had Gabe Sapolsky um, in there. Again, WWE wasn't going to happen. 
so kudos to Tony Khan for uh, a couple of different things, but Jay, Jay Lethal and some others, um, but also for the the comments that AEW, I would assume, used their own production equipment to to put together um, and videotape uh, for for Paige and Cole and the Bucks. And now we saw later on week by week, Cody and Christopher Daniels and some others, BJ Whitmer, some others. Um, I, I thought that was a nice touch. I thought it was really nice. Uh, and and was impressed with who they all had doing it. Um, as you know, the original guys were kind of the first few were were doing theirs. Jimmy Jacobs, you know, sent in one. Um, I thought, man, it'd be really cool if we had Punk and Danielson. And then once we had Punk, I knew Danielson would be would be the last one. You know, it just seemed to make sense. Um, so I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. What was your your feeling? Well, just on that, really quick. If you hadn't yet seen Ring of Honor week by week yet, there's more. Okay. Yeah, and that's what I meant by Cody and Daniels and yeah, yeah. That 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 was really good too. The Cabana one is really nice. If you haven't had a chance to watch or hear that yet, right, yeah. Um, yeah, no. I thought overall, um, I, I was able to watch hour one on Saturday night, and then I kind of just ceased like being on social media uh, the rest of the night just to not be spoiled because I had intended and, and I was successful in watching this throughout the day on Monday, which happened to be my birthday. Um, yeah, no, really, really good. Like in, from from an in ring standpoint, the entire night really was solid. The things that I am challenged by, uh, with all of the talk of the final, the the last, what have you, were the things that leave the door open or make you or don't make you want more. Uh, and I think maybe a really good place to start would be the aftermath, just to get it off out of the way, because it's not something I really want to talk a lot about. Because I'm like, ugh, I, I cringe about it. But the aftermath of the the eight man tag, um, I mean, what in the world, dude? Like that's that's all I have to say. What what in the world? I so I have not seen EC3's uh, control your narrative uh, shows. He's done a couple of them. They're pre taped. I think they're mostly cinematic. I think. Um, I, I have not seen those shows. I know that on the second one, he wrestles Adam Scheer, uh, the former Braun Strowman. Uh, I, the first one, I think he wrestled Cardona, if I remember right, uh, which I think I've shared it before. I, Cardona does nothing for me. Um, even, even though I respect that he's reinvented himself, he still just does nothing for me. Um, so I was not interested in that first one because I hadn't seen the first one. Didn't make me super interested in the second one. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going I'm to jump in real quick. Yes, please do, because I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so I just thought it was interesting because I, I, when we were here last week chatting about this, I, I thought it, you know, my, I picked the pure team to win before I got changed and got thrown out because I thought that they would really give the chance to let Eli Ison shine. Um, and it was kind of fun in the match where they did kind of all the homage to former talents like the Brain Buster, uh, the Muscle Buster, things that, and there was so much more. Um, but Brody King, who clearly has a bright future, being the guy to beat Eli Isom was a surprise to me. See, you know, I guess it wasn't to me, and that's why I had picked Violence Unlimited, which if they just leave it alone as a six-man tag, but I know you got to get EC3 in there for the angle. Um, I win the head-to-head. Just saying, just saying, if we leave it alone, I win. Um, Ring of Honor, delirious. 
Um, anyways, uh, which by the way, surprise delirious wasn't in that 10 man tag, but okay. Uh, the 10 person tag, I should say. And, uh, yeah, that was just weird and disappointing and the wrong team went over in that. But anyways, um, I, I guess it wasn't a surprise because I feel like Brody King, if they can bring, if they can bring him back in April, will again be at the top of the card for Ring of Honor. Now, I don't know that he's going to be available by April personally, and we've talked about that. Um, I, I understood your line of thinking because I think it's much more likely that Eli Isom is available. Given that they were going to this angle of EC3 wanting them to, you know, control their narrative and and unleash what's inside of each of those three gentlemen, which the whole Brian Johnson and Dak Draper thing coming down out of nowhere without being called down was very odd. Like, why are these two guys, the random two that come down? Um, yeah, it was so, yeah. So whatever, whatever EC3's group is going to be called. So it's him. It's Titan, which is the former Braun Strowman, uh, Wesley Blake. Yes. And, and then some, which is Wesley Blake now. Okay. West. So, and then some guy who they couldn't even identify, but do you know who that was? That Have you read anything about I, that? I've seen a name. It's, it starts with an R and it's just a single name that they called him. Um, I'll see if I can find it, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. So anyhow, so it's so it's that, that 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 it's a it's a group, and they make a pretty big statement against Eli Isom, Dak Draper. And, and, I'm sorry, Fodder is his name. Fodder. Fodder. F O D D E R. Like you're just some fodder. Yep. Like not I am your fodder. Fodder. Yeah, not not right. Not Luke. I am your fodder. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, and, and again, like the all of the guys that they went up against or targeted are, again, I would argue, bright stars. But if there is no what comes next, like I'll tell you this: if you come back in April and you're like, "All right, it's EC3 Titan and Weston Blake against Eli Ice and Dak Draper and Brian Johnson," I'm not trying to like plunk money down to watch that. Like I'm not I'm not super motivated to watch that. So I, I almost wonder if this was more about EC3's like his next show, his next control your narrative or whatever it is show, whatever they're calling those, um, than it is about Ring of Honor. Which is interesting in and of itself. Um it could give those three guys another way to expose, you know, get exposure. I almost said expose themselves. That's a different thing. Uh, to get exposure, uh, I don't know what kind of number those shows have done. Uh, they've been available on Fight, I know, for 15 or 20 bucks. Uh, yeah, it yeah, was just well, so, a, yeah, if, so, if we would have listed all the people that might have appeared as a surprise at Ring of Honor's final battle, uh, Braun Strowman probably wasn't on my bingo card, to be honest. Um, he, would have been, he would have been far down the list. Now, I will say, dude's gotten himself into crazy good shape, and he'd been working that way in WWE. He'd been trimming up quite a bit in WWE. Um, I mean, he looks like a monster, no question. Looks. I, I thought, and I thought, um, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Uh, Braun Strowman and Raquel Gonzalez uh, have, have been public about their relationship um, being together. So I thought him using Raquel's bomb. Uh, they called it a choke slam. I'm like, nope, that was the, I can't remember what she calls it. Um, but that was her power bomb variation, uh, which that's I thought was. That's an oil and water combination, if you ask me. That's not <laughs> right. I wouldn't have picked that that couple. No. But, uh, but but 
congratulations to them, and I hope they're nothing but happy. And um, yeah, Raquel and uh, and and Adam Share and and so I thought him using because I knew that I thought him using her move was a little inside baseball, but fun. Um, you know, for those who did know it, they could they could be like, oh, okay, yeah, he he's taking he's taking his girlfriend's move. Um, which don't get me wrong, is a devastating move, and from a guy his size is a very realistic kind of finisher move for him. Um, I, I, I like it. I worked it worked that worked for me. Uh, Weston, Weston Blake, you know, he's a pretty talented guy actually, and he unfortunately got caught up in the whole Forgotten Sons thing and Jackson Riker, and you know, Riker lasted longer, even though he was the reason they got taken off TV. He lasted longer than either, either Blake or or uh, I don't remember his WWE name, but Steve Macklin uh, in in impact and, and Macklin's doing great things in impact. So kudos to him and, and hopefully Blake either an EC3's thing, ring of honor, or wherever he lands will be, get some exposure. Cause I think he's very talented. I know nothing about fodder. Honestly, he kind of looked like Harland with hair. He looked a little like Parker Bordeaux to me, um, a smaller version of him, but that's why I have no idea. Maybe, he, maybe he's very good too. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was what it was. I, I'm not overly intrigued to see where it goes, but maybe they can make it interesting. Um, I, I will say I like Eli Isom a lot. I like Brian Johnson a lot. And I think Dak Draper's got a lot of charisma um, and, and talented in the ring. I think his match with Gresham was was far better than either of us thought it was going to be um, a few pay-per-views back. So if it if it helps develop those three talents, that's a good thing. Yeah, Dak Draper not being active on this show, like in a wrestling capacity, was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take your Brian Johnson statement and, and segue into saying that I thought the pure match uh, was actually one of the best matches of the night. I was really impressed, and I thought it was a really smart match. It was really effective, um, underhanded tactics uh, by Johnson in his efforts to dethrone Woods. I, we both didn't think that was going to happen, but there were some times I was not so sure. And, mm-hmm. and, and we, I know we talked about it too. And again, he's he's not the biggest guy, but he's great on the mic and he's really not bad in the ring. So I don't know where Brian Johnson lands, but I'm actually really excited to see. And that's just someone who, if you would have asked me, because he was kind of starting to emerge at the at the turn of 2021, I wouldn't have said I probably would have had this type of opinion of him today, but I do. Um, so that was that was good, and 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 I'm excited for I'm excited for both guys' future. Um, but Josh Woods. Character development-wise, promo-wise, isn't where Brian Johnson is by any means. No, no, he's not. Um, and I agree. I, I thought that was a very, very good match. Um, not match of the night by any means. I, I think a couple of matches were better. But um, but nothing wrong with it. And, and very good, very entertaining. Um, Want to talk about the women's title match? Yeah. So, again, like, as much as we're, like – out of left field, you know, the former Braun Strowman showing up, there was a couple of nice sh- surprises and in, in, in the women's match had one of those at the end. Yeah. I, I, um, I had seen on Twitter earlier in the day, a post that I did not click the link to find out who, but it's a major impact star to appear at final battle. Um, honestly, my first thought was Eddie Edwards. Um, and then Eddie Edwards was the first, uh, you know, thank you, Ring of Honor insert thing. And I was like, well, maybe they just meant that. Maybe, you know, since I hadn't read the story, maybe they just meant that he was going to have a little little video. And I'm like, oh, well, that'd be disappointing if you made it seem like it was a bigger deal than that. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe he'll still show up later or something. I, I didn't have Deanna Perrazzo on my radar. I probably should have. 
um, because it makes a lot of sense. She's been appearing a lot of different places. She's been uh, almost kind of doing the belt collector thing, although she doesn't have the knockout title right now. I fully expect that to change at Hard to Kill, their next pay-per-view here in January. I expect she'll beat Mickey James for the belt. Um, she's the Reina, Reina de Reyes champion, I think, if I'm saying that right, in AAA. Uh, won that title at Triple Mania. Uh, and now she wants to face Roxy. And winner take all is what she said uh, for all three titles, presumably. She, uh, she's, she said, you know, after I win the Impact Knockouts title again, um, which, again, I, I expect she will. Um, that's interesting. Roxy, you know, has come a long way. She's only 20 years old. We talked about that last week. Um, Roxy being in the ring with Deanna Perrazzo. I love that when Deanna challenged her, she had the big, almost uh, Bailey-like smile on her face from early Bailey and like stuck her hand out right away like, I'm in. Um, I thought that worked with Roxy's character. And at 20 years old, Roxy could do a lot worse for her development than spending a little bit of time in the ring with Deanna Perrazzo. Um, So that's smart all the way around. I think it could be a really good match. I don't get access. Um so I don't get impact assuming that's where that match takes place, which makes total sense that it would be, um, you know, there are ways I probably can find it. They might even put it in YouTube. Um, I want to see that match. Are they going to, are they going to do the time honor tradition of a double DQ? Let's hope not. Are they going to put the ring of honor women's title on Deanna Perrazzo? I mean, Roxy's not going to beat her for the impact of the AAA title, is she? Holy crap, that would be something. But um, I, I think in a, not knowing what might happen in April, would they flip the Ring of Honor women's title to Deanna Prazo? They could. That'd be interesting. That would be uh, cool. I, I thought it was very cool, and I thought both Prazo and Roxy played their parts perfectly in this. Yeah, I, I thought the match was fine. It didn't really stand out. It was more about the after effect. And yeah, that interaction was really strong. So, um, again... Who knows what comes next, but that's like, you know, I, whether you're a fan of Roxy, whether you're a fan of Ring of Honor, whether you're a fan of Impact or Deanna Perrazzo, whatever, like it gives you something to go, okay, now I now I definitely want to pay a little bit more attention to this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Roxy is somebody, Ring of Honor should probably, um, if they're going to come back in April, have some working agreements with places like Impact. Um, to be able to use some of their stars like like they were able to at Final Battle. Um, if they can work it with AEW, obviously that would be huge for them as well um, to get some of their their folks on that show. But uh, I think that would be smart, and I think it would be the best way to use, to make sure they can continue to use Roxy, because I think she's going to get snagged up here, uh, depending on what her contract status is. If she's done here at the end of the year, or perhaps she's one of the ones that signed through March, um, that would obviously give them more time. But Somebody's going to snag her up because she's a, a can't miss prospect. She's already very good and she's 20. I can't, I know I keep saying that, but holy smokes, this girl is going to be a star if she can stay healthy and keep her head on straight. You know, she seems like somebody who has her head on straight, but that's her character. So I don't know her anything about her as a, a out of the ring personality, but if she can keep her head on straight and, and keep learning and stay healthy, uh, sky's the limit for that girl. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That she's she's arguably uh, one of the top prospects who hasn't been overexposed, and and that's that's a wrong that's the wrong terminology because I'd say like Dante Martin in AEW to me is very much still a top prospect. He's had a lot more opportunity in the spotlight as well, but I think I think his ceiling is still so far ahead of him. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. hundred um, percent. Yeah. If we had to, and I will talk about this maybe first of the year, uh, we probably won't have time on the 30th, but uh, it, you know, we talk about rookie of the year. Um, and I always look at rookie of the year as anybody who I've is new in the business, newer in the business. And I've become aware of more this year is kind of where I look at rookie of the year. I realize they might not be a rookie. Um, and I know I was aware of Dante Martin when he's Airwolf in the past, but obviously I think he's made huge jumps. He could maybe he'd be in the most improved category too. But uh, Roxy, Dante Martin, boy, those would be a couple of people for newcomer of the year, maybe if we wanted to talk about it that way, that I think would be top of the list uh, for those. So uh, we we skipped over the the fight without honor. Um, I think you you summed it up well though when you talked about it in the results. Crazy good match. And uh, and I'm I'm a little disappointed that they didn't get that. Um, I know they showed it on YouTube afterwards, or we've seen fan video of it. But the the kind of salute to the progress of of African American wrestlers, um, I think the fact that they had two African American wrestlers in the main event of the final show was, um, and and even before the the unfortunate COVID news, it was um, two people of color or you know non Caucasians. Um, who were going to be in that main event. I think that's that just, and, and they didn't make a big deal about it as that, which is, is good because I don't want it just called out for that reason. Um, because then it seems like the only reason they book that match is for that reason. And obviously that's not it. Jonathan Gresham and Bandito deserved that main event. Jay Lethal was a good substitute. Um, much like, you know, when Sasha and Bianca had their, their match and all of the, the things that came with that and all of the firsts, that were accomplished with that. Um, it wasn't like it was only booked for that reason. Sasha and Bianca deserved it. Um, so I don't ever want to overlook the accomplishments of the athletes either. Um, but, I, you know, the salute that they did at the end and the the kind of nod to those things I thought was really cool. And I just wish that could have aired on the pay-per-view. But I, I did feel like the timing on this pay-per-view was a little bit off. They were running long on some things. Um, and I don't know which things ran long, but I especially felt that at the end. And we'll talk about that in the main event when we get there. Um, but I felt like it, not the match, the match didn't end abruptly, but the show ended abruptly after like they, they didn't have much time. It was wasn't quite the all in level where it was like one, two, three, we got to go. Thank you. Bye. Um, but it was, it felt to me like things had run over and they had to, to shorten some things at the end there. Um, and that may have been the case here too, with the aftermath of that match. So I get it. It happens. It's live TV. Just wish it could have aired, but yeah. And, and it would appear that Kenny King, was embraced by Shane Taylor promotions after the match. So if there's anything, again, future story-wise. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was Shane Taylor's jersey that got that he put on Kenny King, right? I didn't see that. I read a thing that said it was Kenny King's jersey, but I I think it was an STP jersey. Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't. I didn't didn't pay enough attention to okay. what was on it. I just I thought it was kind of like Shane Taylor Shane Taylor apparel, right? So, um, yeah, and, and and I'm not saying necessarily Kenny King's a member of STP going forward, although I think that'd be a better fit than LFI personally for him, um, and not just because of ethnicities. Um, I just think he fits. I think his character will fit better. Would fit better in there, um, but you also can't. If if everybody comes back, you can't. You know, at some point that faction's going to get too big too. If they're they're adding too many people, uh, 
and then somebody gets lost in the shuffle if that happens. So. Yeah, and 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 again, that that uh, the outside between the barricade and the ring package pile driver, like yeah. t- t- before Taylor even gets up there, he calls over the guys that that are ring crew or security or whatever, and he's like, "You got to secure this." And then he gets ready to do that move, and like the the dude facing the camera closest to the screen kind of pushes up on the ladder and then bails. And like in doing that, it like really causes the chaos that ensued. So again, thankfully it appeared that they weren't hurt beyond the normal tumble that, that would cause there, but that could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we had some friends sitting right there in the front row and uh, they, they got the heck out of Dodge, which was smart. I think Shane Taylor may have even said move. He kind of put his head over the barricade as he was starting to set that up. And I think he may have, you know, kind of under his breath said, move. Um, maybe he didn't. Maybe he did. But I also know that the people there are seasoned uh, wrestling attendees and knew, get out of the way. Um, it's, yeah. you, you don't want to have take-home wrestler night because that's what would have happened. Um, so um, then let's go to that. that uh, we've talked about the Brody King, the, the eight-man tag. So let's talk about that tag title match. Crazy good match to start with. Before we yeah. get to the aftermath, which is a whole different thing, crazy good tag team match. Yeah, I I, I was convinced a couple of times that the Briscoes weren't winning. Like after yep. all of the kickouts on all of the finishers, and again, I know that there is uh, some dissenting opinion that that sometimes that's that's way done way too much. I didn't feel that was the case here. I thought it was very appropriate. It felt right. It didn't feel forced. It felt organic and natural. And for a match that I on paper was like, I know it'll be good, but I just can't get excited. And, and forgive me, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, you're the reason why. Um, it, it it did it delivered big time. It delivered big time. The um the move where where it was flight of the Concords Doomsday device when Taven hit Briscoe on the outside that was insane. It was. I when I saw him set it up, I'm like, no. No, and then he did it, and it and it worked, and it looked great and crazy. Um, yeah. I would, I would, mm, very different because of the situations. If we if we were voting on tag team match of the year, this would be in the conversation at least. Um, obviously, that Lucha Brothers Young Bucks cage match, you know, it was crazy good too, but it was a cage match, so it's hard. That's not quite apples to apples. Um, just different things that can be done um, for a straight tag match uh, that didn't have the bells and whistles of a cage or a false count anywhere or fight without honor or anything like that. Man, this was about as good as you get. Um, I, I, I loved it. And I agree with you. Uh, the OGK are, are eh, for me, uh, most of the time I, they're good, but they just don't wow me. Um, well, there you go. They wowed me. Um, and, you know, I think Maria coming out with a made total sense. Um, I, I kind of laughed when they acted like it was a huge surprise because, like, they'd shown her earlier in the night. It wasn't like we didn't know Maria was there. She's on the board of directors for Ring of Honor. Like, she's been, kind of been the authority figure. Um, now, she hadn't come out with OGK, obviously, in in years. But um, I just when they said, oh, here's Maria, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, like, water is wet and the sun is bright. <laughs> um but so that was a little bit like, yeah, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, having the Briscoe clan there was was good. And and then Jay takes the mic. And I think he's going to do a, my, my, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to do a thank you, Ring of Honor. We love Ring of Honor. We are Ring of Honor. 
you know, and in my head, I'm thinking, man, I would have closed with this. Even, even though Gresham lethal is for the title now, like I would have closed with this and Jay Briscoe being the one, which sounds really stupid to say, but Jay Briscoe being the one on the mic to say, thank you, ring of honor and all of that. Uh, I thought, man, I would have closed with this. And then he says, much like the GCW tag champs, Matthew Justice and Mance Warner had said at the GCW show a couple of months back before Briscoe showed up, if there's any team out there that wants to challenge us. And I went, and the lights went out. And I didn't know who to expect. I like, I'm trying, literally, as I'm watching it, like teams are running through my head. And I'm like, and, and I'll be honest, the right team didn't go through my head. And then the music hit and it hit weirdly. Like, I don't think the production on that was quite right. Um, Although I love their new music, the whole Midnight Express homage. And I love it, love it, love it. And when those lights came back up and FTR was on the ring, like my wife didn't understand why I went, holy crap, but I did. (laughs) I was by myself. So it was just me and the dog. So yeah, it worked. It worked out. I had had a very similar. similar. She looked at me and she's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) right everything all right all right cool (laughs) yeah Um, that was that was great i do agree the production was a little goofy but yeah that was that was hot and and i thought it was going to be ftr when the lights went out who did you think i'm I'm interested to know you know teams went through my head penta and ray went through my head so why ftr didn't i don't know the bucks went through my head um so i was in the i was in the right company for the most part um i don't know if anybody i i thought of of um, the second city crew, uh, second city crew. Is that what they call themselves? Second, second um, gear crew. Second gear crew. I knew that didn't quite sound right. Um, but Mance Warner, I know broke his leg a month, a month ago or so. So I knew it couldn't be Mance. And and honestly, I think he's, I know one called Manders is in that group as well. They crossed my mind, but I thought, is the crowd going to know who they are? You know, if it comes back on, it's Matthew justice and Manders. Like I've heard of them. I've seen a few things from them. I, it would be cool but is that worthy of a lights going out, lights going on moment? Because to me, the lights going out non moment, you know, it's got to be Malachi Black from AEW, or it's got to be, and that actually crossed my mind. Malachi Black and Brody King crossed my mind when that, um, and I know that that wouldn't fit in Ring of Honor um, lore because he's part of Violence Unlimited, Brody King, but Malachi Black crossed my mind as could it be Black and, and King? And look, sign me up for that match if it ever happens with the Briscoes too. Um, but yeah, I didn't think, for whatever reason, I didn't think FTR, I should have. I mean, the minute they came up, I'm like, well, duh. And they, I knew they'd like exchange some Twitter banter yeah. um, in the week prior. So I should have, I should have known. But, um, but it was kind of fun that I didn't actually, because then when they came up, like I probably had an even bigger reaction because it was like, and, and my immediate thought was take all of my money. Yeah. Now. And that, and the, and the brawl they had, like, the, I mean, I, I, I this is something where they have to touch. They have to get physical before right. they finally get in the ring for the first time. Um, and that whatever, whenever and wherever that match happens, like that's destination viewing. And I'm going to guess it's not going to happen before the end of 2021. I could be surprised. I haven't seen everything. I haven't read everything that's happening this week. Uh, so if it does happen in the next 14 days, so be it. I, I don't know where and how or when in 22 that comes up. But good grief, if you're not a fan of tag team wrestling, or if you are a tag- fan of tag team wrestling, stop what you're doing and get, get to wherever this match is happening. It's going to be amazing. And I'm really excited. And we, I think we know uh, FTR and, and, and their story and how underutilized they were, even though they still the cream still rose to the top in NXT and WWE. And then now this is their kind of like really their opportunity. 
the Briscoes have been so loyal to Ring of Honor for 20 years and just dabbling in GCW as of late, probably because the writing was on the wall with Ring of Honor. Um, but now this opportunity and where and, and whether the Briscoes become contracted talents to AW or they freelance and they still come in, I could see Tony Khan going, no, guys, I want to lock you up. Um, but they they have a lucrative family business. I, I'm pretty, I mean, I don't know how lucrative chickens are, but I'm guessing they are. Um, as a as a regular egg eater myself, I, I was going to say I, I I've heard that they do very well for themselves with their yeah. Farming. So 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 the, so that has to be so that's I think that's part of why they've remained in Ring of Honor and never have kind of gone to a a bigger quote unquote bigger promotion. Not that Ring of Honor wasn't that, but man, I they can do so much. They really can. They they have the opportunity here to do more than just a single dream match. And and it's going to be and and then my point in all of that and I've walked it and talked around it, people are going to see the bristles that probably I've never had before, and that's that's the exciting part in my opinion because they are absolutely amazing and I think it, when you pair them with a talent the talents the level of Dax and Cash, woo baby, watch out. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I um, when I said you know I'm in. Wherever this happens, uh, our friend Blake uh, commented and said, do you even go to wrestling shows anymore? Which, ouch, a little bit, Blake. Thank you. Uh, and no, I haven't been to a wrestling show since Dallas in 2016. Um, is that right, 16? Yeah. Um, and I wasn't saying that I would physically be there, although I would love to be. Um, it probably won't work out as my assumption. Uh, if I can, I'd love to be there physically, but I'm guessing it's not going to happen in Omaha, Nebraska. But um yeah, I will be watching it. Uh, if it happens on Dynamite, uh, that'll be a spoiler-free take my Facebook and Twitter off the front page of my phone so that I don't click on them. Um, if it happens at Battle of the, Battle of the Belts, which I know you've said, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's a Saturday, I believe. If I don't have anything going on, I will be watching that show live. If, if I do have something going on, again, I'll go spoiler-free until I can watch it later that night or on Sunday. Um, if it's a pay-per-view, I'm getting it. Yep. However you're going to show it to me, Tony, because it's going to happen in AEW, let's be honest. Um, don't get me wrong. GCW would love to book it for the Hammerstein, but it's going to happen in AEW. Um, so, sign me up. I'm watching. Yep, absolutely. And then we have the main event. I think we've talked. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to say about that than it was a good match and, and it was a fitting end. And Jonathan Gresham is the Ring of Honor World Champion. Moving forward makes sense. He's been very clear uh, that if Ring of Honor comes back, he is loyal to Ring of Honor. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see him signing exclusively anyways with AEW or anybody else unless there's an official announcement made that Ring of Honor is not coming back, um, in which case then, you know, he may do his own thing. He's got his Terminus show coming up in January, which actually in the end uh, was supposed to happen in November, actually. Uh, I listened to an interview he did with Sean Ross Sapp and uh, Baron Black, uh, who is a close personal friend of his, and I believe was the gentleman who jumped in the ring with Jordan Grace there at the end. Um, I know Black's been on AEW Dark, and I have to admit, I don't think I've ever seen a match of his because um, I don't watch Dark and Dark Elevation. But uh, Black and, and Gresham are the two running Terminus. They were supposed to do it in November, but then uh, Gresham got booked for the NJPW Strong uh, card, so it was it was the same weekend, so they ended up moving it. And he said in the end it probably worked out better, especially with just the way Everything's gone with Ring of Honor and that. Uh, I am very interested in Terminus. They had a, a poll up about whether they should stream that first event. 
I got to believe it's one of those things where they're just trying to build support. Like, I got to think they're going to stream it. I got to think it's going to be on Fight or something. Yeah, how do you not do that on Fight TV? That's, right. Yeah. Um, and and if, if they do, I most likely will purchase that show because I'm very interested to see um, how they do it. There's a few people on the show that I'm like, a couple of people I don't know, so I'm interested to see them. A couple of people that, okay, I mean, you know, they're using Joe Keys and Dante Caballero and, and some of the dojo guys. I mean, I am interested to see them, though, outside of the Ring of Honor booking. Um, so this is Gresham booking them the way Gresham would book them. So I think that's interesting. Moose in a grappling situation, I think, is strange, but okay. I'm willing to see it. And you got to think the main event of Terminus 1 is Jonathan Gresham and Bandito for the Ring of Honor World title, right? I mean, to, You have to think. I, they're both on the show. They got to do it. Um. Well, I should say if Bandito's available, I know he's been announced, but unfortunately I did see that he had to cancel off the GCW shows due to illness. So I assume that's still related to his COVID test. Um, so get well soon, Bandito. Uh, you know, I don't know if that just means he's been testing positive still or if, or if he's having, uh, you know, symptoms and, and not feeling well. Uh, whatever that means for him, get better soon, buddy. We want to see you back in the ring, and uh, but we want you well as a human being. I don't know. Fitting into Ring of Honor. Yeah. So as as it closed with the graphic, it appeared to me, and I wonder how you feel. Did you sense like a shift in the graphics that were there? Okay. So I the wasn't color scheme thinking. changed. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, my first thought, Tom, because it went to a more pastel color change, was ROH 2.0. <laughs> I I did not think that, but you're not wrong for thinking that. Okay. The colors went lighter, and I was like, "Oh God, it's 2.0. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 all of that connected back to like again. Now we don't know what the future holds. We we know they've committed, and however you define the word committed to Supercard of Honor uh, in April. I thought it was interesting they did not announce the date on that video since they said April. I thought it was strange since I know I've read that they have a venue booked, so they've got a date. I just yeah. thought it was strange they didn't say April fifth or whatever. If I can strange. wave a if I can wave a magic wand, uh, Wednesday the twenty third of February is kind of the twentieth anniversary of Ring of Honor. If we oh. get if we get if we get nothing between now and then, um, that I'm fine with that. I know we're gonna have new TV this weekend, new TV next weekend, and then. Did you see the card for this week? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it. Yes, I did. It, yes. It's, bye. Why? I, I, you, you tell me. Right? I mean, Just you, do your Christmas episode this week and be done with it then. This is a pointless week. I'm not even going to watch it. No, it does, it does seem pretty pointless. I agree with you. Uh, Dak Draper, though, challenging for the pure title. Should be, should be. That's worthwhile. Is it a pure title match? It is. It is. Oh, well, good. Then I get some points. So that's okay. <laughs> always <laughs> always about the fantasy. Uh, always about the fantasy. That's me. Fantasy Jones, as the Taz would say. But but yeah, so so if Ring of Honor gives us nothing until like on or around February twenty third, I think it'd be very fitting to go. All right, remember we told you here here's the actual event. Like and, and again, whenever the date in April is, releasing tickets around five weeks before, four weeks before, and then kind of teasing some talent would make a lot of sense. Again, that's that's the, like the history, like and the connection to the, the past for me. And again, there may right. not be any of the past in the future. 
So I, just, I I peeked at the calendar and thought that would be that'd be that'd be fun. That'd be like a nice homage to homage to those of us who've been around. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I think your mic's uh, hitting your zipper. By the way, uh, there's a little, little scratchy scratch going on there. All of a sudden. Um, anything else on Ring of Honor? I know we've kind of hit everything. I think. No, uh, for 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 what it was, very very happy, very pleased. I, I will very, say very enjoyable. Nothing, nothing to really go down the road on this, but uh, uh, the allure and Miranda Alize. I mean, I guess I get it. Mandy Leon's been there forever, but I don't know. Putting them over Chelsea Green seemed weird. Um, I, we don't need to close on this, but yeah, you know, I felt it felt like a it felt like a um, a participation ribbon for Mandy Leon. Yeah, I'll, it did. In, in my opinion, uh, it did. And and I've seen people say like, "Oh, it's so good they gave her the win," and I'm like. I get it, but I don't know. I just think there was more in Chelsea winning. But again, Mandy Leon much more likely to be there in April than Chelsea, perhaps too. So, um, you know, Chelsea could be there, but Mandy Leon, you know, has been around a long time. So, anyways, let's move on to the last thing we're going to talk about, which is not wrestling. We're going to pivot um, off of wrestling and uh, talk. Tom, you have these, so I'm going to ask you to run down them, but we wanted to look back at our NFL picks. We are now in week 15 of the NFL season. At the beginning of the season, we made some picks, and uh, we predicted our division champs, our wild card uh, playoff participants, and then our Super Bowl, I believe, and the winner. And uh, I just thought it'd be fun to take a quick, you know, couple of minutes here and just talk, who did we predict? Uh, and Tom's got that information to run down. I didn't get a chance to go back and look at it. So I'll be surprised as I'm writing them down here and you tell me uh, how we did. And then just talk about maybe for a minute or two what we think went right or wrong in our picks. Um, I know I have one for sure that's very wrong, and and I can talk about that. Um, but uh, Tom, remind me what we uh, what we did. So, yeah, so I only have the division winners and the wild cards. If you recall, we got okay. so excited about that conversation. We actually came back the next week and made, oh, right. I believe, the Super Bowl picks. So I didn't listen to the episode that followed up. I think I remember my Super Bowl pick. Um, I think I remember mine, too. But, but. I, but I did not go and verify that uh, with the tape. Um, okay. So here were our picks in the AFC. I picked Buffalo to win the AFC East. I picked Cleveland to win the AFC North. I picked Tennessee to win the AFC South and Kansas City to win the AFC West. My wildcard teams were Baltimore, the Chargers, and Pittsburgh. So I'll pause there and just say, uh, for division winners, it looks like I have a really good shot at two. Um, The other two are not out of the woods, but they're also not necessarily – on the right trajectory, and that being Cleveland and Buffalo. I do think that Baltimore and the Chargers will make the playoffs, maybe as wild cards, maybe as division winners. Last night, KC did defeat the Chargers on the Thursday night primetime game, so KC has definitely created some distance there in the West. Um, Pittsburgh looks to be my uh, my, uh, my 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 poor pick there in that uh, scheme. Again, the one the one team, uh, actually one of the two teams in the NFL that's given the Lions, the Detroit, my Detroit Lions, a bright spot this year. Um, for you in the AFC, you also had Buffalo, you also had Cleveland, you also had Tennessee, you also had KC. So we matched each other in division winners. So very interesting at the time that we both felt that way. We talked a lot about Cleveland's defense, which I don't think has been a bright spot. Uh, I also Except don't when they think, played the Bears, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also I also think that when we picked Tennessee, we didn't imagine Derrick Henry being hurt, and they've also lost uh, 
Julio Jones at times, who's back now, and they've lost A.J. Brown, who will probably return uh, Christmas weekend. Your wild cards were Baltimore, the Chargers, and Miami. And I think you have a really good shot at all those three teams um, still having a shot to make it in. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Miami's problem is going to be New England. Um, Neither of us had New England in there. New England has again shown that they are the class of the division, uh, the division and the league. Um, Talk about good coaching with a rookie quarterback and what can happen. Um, I got a problem in Chicago (laughs) that, uh, you know, we've got a problem that, that New England doesn't have because they got a good coach. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, and we both really didn't speak much about New England at all on during our picks. And so that was probably our biggest miss. Um, You did have some good comments about the Colts and about whether or not Carson Wentz could or could not show up. You did note the stunning year that Jonathan Taylor is having. So great prediction of you in that regard. Um, And I think you have him in a couple of fantasy leagues, which is also returning on returning some dividend there. Um, on the NFC side of things, uh, I have Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Los Angeles Rams as division winners. Uh, my wild cards, uh, Arizona, Seattle, and Washington. You had Washington as the NFC East winner. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and then Seattle as the NFC West winner. Then your wild cards were the Niners, Dallas, and Chicago. So I'm looking a little bit better than you in the yeah, NFC, but yeah, but, <laughs> but, it, but but it's all but it's also a big like we had, we had some pretty big swings and misses. Uh, you know, me me having Seattle as a wild card, they have an outside shot still. They're not eliminated yet, but that's that's a big it's a big miss. Washington's three games back of Dallas right now for the NFC East league or lead. Excuse me, I don't think they're yeah. eliminated, but. No, and I'm just reading uh, nine minutes ago, Washington places Taylor Heineke on the reserve COVID-19 list, could be forced to start Garrett Gilbert this week. Right. And what's eating Gilbert grape? So Great. That, that, that doesn't help my hopes of them catching Dallas at all, does it? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I, and you know, so, and again, I, I'm, I'm a Seattle homer in a way. That's a, kind of like my second favorite team um, in the NFC, uh, despite the fact that I still, um, unfortunately, claim my allegiance to the Lions. Um, some things never die. Uh, you had Seattle winning the NFC West, and when Oops. you look at when you look at the NFC West now, and you look at Arizona and LA, and they've split their tiebreaker. So these final three weeks of the NFL season really might shake things up, depending. And I haven't compared who they play. I know Arizona actually has Detroit this weekend, so um, you know the Rams have already defeated the Lions. Um, so I expect Arizona. They, to win I think the Cardinals well. have already defeated the Lions too, and they haven't even played yet. So, <laughs> thanks a lot, Jim. <laughs> and on that note, you picked the Bears to make the playoffs. So tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I really had hoped this year that with Justin Fields at quarterback, the Bears would take that step forward offensively. And Justin Fields has shown flashes. I think Justin Fields has shown growth. I think Justin Fields has shown that he, I think, with good coaching, can be a a good, maybe great quarterback in the NFL, but at least good. Um, he makes rookie mistakes. He's a rookie. Eh, shocking, right? Um, but man, the, the coaching in, the, in Chicago has been so bad. Um, 
last week, I'll just take last week. They were leading that game against Green Bay at halftime on Sunday Night Football. You're leading the Packers. The first thing you want to do is keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. So you run one play with David Montgomery in the second half. One rush. What are you doing? Like, it just and, – and there have been things all, all year. Like, you, you're down 11 in the fourth quarter, the third quarter, fourth, fourth quarter. You're down 11. You're at the 40-some yard line. It's fourth and inches. You punt the ball. No. <laughs> Go for it. For the love of Pete. Holy Pete's, Hokey Pete's, whatever it is we keep saying on this show. Matt Nagy's got to go. I just, I don't know. I, he seems like a decent enough guy. Maybe I'd like him as my neighbor, but I don't want him as my head coach anymore. Um, I just, he, he's clueless, unfortunately, and he's got to go. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about who could be coming into Chicago. There's a lot of talk about if it's going to be in the front office, if there's going to be shakeups, if Ted Phillips will stop being the president, which, yes, stop having an accountant as the president of your football operations. Stupid. Get somebody who knows football. Clearly he doesn't. Um, the McCaskies are very loyal to people they like. And I, I like that about them as human beings. But you're running a football team. Get people who know football. Um, like, I, I, look, keep your friends. I mean, give them jobs in the company. I don't really care. Um, have them over for Christmas dinner. I don't really care. But get somebody who knows what in the world they're doing running a football program. So, I hope there are wholesale changes coming to Chicago. I still stand by my statement that I think Justin Fields can be a a good to great NFL quarterback, um, but they got to get some coaching around him. And again, to go back to New England, look what can happen. It isn't like New England. I mean, their wide receivers aren't, you know, Cincinnati's group of wide receivers. I mean, it's Nelson Aguilar, it's Jacoby Myers. It's, you know, eh, their running backs, Damian Harris, Ramondre Steve. I mean, they played well. But they're not household names. Mac Jones has come in and he's made some rookie mistakes. He's a rookie. He's done some dumb stuff too. But they have a coaching staff there that knows how to work and knows how to play to the strengths of their team. And they're like nine and whatever because of that. Meanwhile, you have a coaching team that um, doesn't have a clue how to what to do with Justin Fields. I'd love to see Ryan Day come in from Ohio State. Now, that's a little bit of a, uh, you know, it's a catch 22 because he knows Justin Fields really well. And then the first time something goes wrong, everybody's going to be like, Oh, that was a terrible idea. Um, and Chicago, as much as I love Chicago is one of the worst markets for doing that kind of stuff. The sky is always falling in Chicago when it comes to the bears or the cubs or the bulls. Um, uh, yeah. So there's, there's my statement on the bears fire Matt Nagy. That's hashtag free bandito and fire Matt Nagy. Um, well, and, 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 uh- we're up against uh, a kind of a hard stop here for me. So I apologize. I, I lost track of time. I will just make a couple and, and we'll come back when we come back for day one and we'll, we'll, we'll bring our rule picks back. Then we'll have more NFLs who have happened. So we'll either be more right or more wrong. Um, so let's hold on those. But I do want to just say before we wrap up, you know, with three weeks left in the NFL season, 13 of 16 teams in the AFC are still alive for the playoffs and 15 of 16 teams in the NFC are still alive. That's pretty including unbelievable. The Bears. Including, yeah, including the Bears. So, I mean, mathematically, they're still, they need a lot to go right. I don't want them to make the playoffs, though, because I'm afraid they'd keep Matt Nagy if they made the playoffs. So. And this isn't Scott Steiner math, so well, who knows? 
Right. So who's the one I mean, team in the NFC that's eliminated? Uh, you know. <laughs> you, know. you know. You know. You <laughs> know. Uh, all right. Well, hey, it's been great, Jim. Thanks uh, for a, a great year. This again, this isn't our last of 2021. We'll come back, uh, but we'll be talking a lot of 2022 in our in our next year. So, listeners, uh, participants, uh, followers, whatever you are, um, whoever, whoever you are, uh, thank you. Happy holiday. Happy New Year. Um, from us to Spot Monkeys Live, we appreciate you. Um, enjoy time. Uh, stay safe. Stay 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 healthy, and we will see you with day one picks, um, almost on day one of 2022. Absolutely, uh, Annette said, "Merry Christmas, monkeys." Merry Christmas back to you, Annette. Um, and I echo everything Tom just said. Merry Christmas to everybody.